Hey, it's Edgar. Hi, it's Olivia. And welcome to the Minority Report podcast. This week, we're talking about the coronavirus. The impeachment trial begins, the doomsday clock moves forward, and weathering with you. So we all about to die. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so what I'm talking about is the doomsday a, clock. Oh wait, no, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, don't know if you heard about the brand new virus in town, yes. the coronavirus. Yes, I feel like out there in the air, there's been, especially this year, there has been a lot more talk about um, deadly diseases and viruses, like. This year we have double flu, so people are getting the flu twice. If you got the flu, you are more likely to get the flu again. So listeners out there, if you unfortunately had the flu this year, protect yourself because it's coming again for you. Get the flu shot. <laughs> yeah, double Avoid shot. double flu. flu. Yeah, you don't want uh, double the yeah, flu. Yeah, man. I feel like everyone has been sick early this year. That's just been Me like too. the offset of the year is just like... I'm dying. They have, not, they have not followed the Edgar remedy, which is eat oranges. Eat a bunch of oranges and you will not get sick. It's not like knock on wood. I've not gotten sick yet this year or within the last year. So, you know, I mean, fingers crossed, man. Eat so while you do have a way to protect yourself against the flu, everybody get your flu shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the coronavirus yes. might be a little, you know, unfamiliar to our listeners. Yes. So. If you don't know what the coronavirus is, SARS was a coronavirus. SARS was a strain of the coronavirus. That is basically it. The coronavirus is a virus. It has multiple strains. SARS was one of them. This is a new one. That was. A, do you remember SARS time? That was a wild time. I know. It was a wild time. I think I was young, but I was old enough to remember when it was like, ah, and that's when the birds. Whole, yes, and that's when the <laughs> oh my god, yeah, bird flu. That's when we should we should not be laughing. But this is when um, the Remember whole when we had swine flu. Yes, and then that was mad cow disease. Oh, oh mad cow. cow disease. Uh, so that start when the SARS thing happened is when I at least I started to perceive it or see it is when like the the trend of wearing um, masks. Like, yeah, that's when it really truly like caught on across the world, not just necessarily Asia. Um, so inter- like we're, it's like we're coming full circle. Like we're, com- we're going back to a SARS-like uh, virus. Yeah. So the, the Chinese authorities have detected a new outbreak of coronavirus. It started in Wuhan, China. The first death was actually an 80-year-old man in the village. Man. The death count as we record. Yes, because it's... Because it's, it's rising quickly. This is this we're is recording alarming. on Thursday, January twenty second, um, at eight ish p.m. Um, yes, what is it? It the current death toll is twenty five, and the number of reported cases is around one hundred and thirty, which is up a significant amount from when you last read the story, right? Well, okay. So when I last read the story, uh, it was 18 um, people had lost their lives, unfortunately. And um, so apparently it was like 650 people had gotten the symptoms or gotten contracted with it, but now it's up to 800. So it's like it keeps growing and within hours. And that's like the wild thing Yeah. that – well, and, and I'll let you get to it, but the, the sort of organizations that are sort of taking charge and leading here aren't necessarily willing, or they're hesitant to, you know, make us panic. Right. 
which I, I get it. But when then you look at numbers growing within like an hour, you're like, holy crap. It's like, like holy <laughs> shit, maybe I should panic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first case has appeared in the United States, yes, according for this, according to the to the CDC. Yeah. Not, well, there's two cases now. One of them in oh, Texas. Oh, yeah. So mm, we fucked. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's in... Um, um, the U- <laughs> I'll let you go. The U.S. has banned travel to China as of right now. The virus has spread to Japan. Um, the tests have ruled out MERS and SARS. So it's not a recurrence of SARS. It's a new yeah. strain entirely. Um and the Chinese government is basically issuing quarantines to stop the spread. And the way the coronavirus is spread is basically through everything. Yes. Um, in the air by coughing and sneezing, mm-hmm. close personal contacts such as touching or shaking hands or touching an object or surface with the virus on it, then touching your mouth, nose, or eyes before washing your hands. So... Yeah, so basically like every way everything. You, yeah, you are. <laughs> you can get it no matter what. The World Health Organization has not declared it a global outbreak yet. Best acronym, WHO, which who? Is, is so funny. WHO. WHO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not an, it's, okay. So it's not an outbreak yet. Uh, it is in Texas. Yet. So if you're a Texas listener, uh, it's actually pretty close to us. It's in Brazos County near where A&M is. So if you're a Texas listener... Don't touch nobody. Don't touch nobody. Wash your hands always. Don't breathe outside. Do Don't not leave touch, your house. <laughs> do not touch your face with your hands before hand sanitizing the shit out of it. Yes. Take take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And if you have so, double the flu, don't get this. Don't go so outside. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar, Edgar, what's your what's your plan to combat coronavirus? Mm, okay, this one's easy for me. Uh, I'm just never going to leave my apartment. I'm just going <laughs> to live in my apartment. I'm going to Grubhub everything. Uh, actually, that's a bad idea because... Uh, yeah, people... Okay, I'm going to like call... I'm going to get HEB curbside delivery... And then like drive up in like my gas mask and pick up all ramen, like all instant noodles that are packaged, all packaged, all goods. packaged goods and canned be- food. Yeah, but you have to make sure you were like wearing latex gloves while you're making the ramen. Yeah. Yes, I will because you have to open the packaging. Yeah, and that's unsafe. Uh, no, I mean again, it's. I remember when SARS happened. I remember when all these things happened in. There can be like this true sort of panic out there. Mass hysteria. And I highly, you know, encourage people not to get to that point yet, especially um, when we're still like it's still in the early stages and we don't know how to um, uh, uh, necessarily make sure we like we don't know all the details of the disease yet. So we don't know how to combat it, but we don't know what causes it. Like we, we're not entirely sure of everything. So it's like, we just want to chill before we freak out. And then we don't learn anything because yep. we're too busy freaking out. So but I'm also, not, stay I'm, vigilant, stay vigilant. I'm not freaking out, but also I'm not like touching gross stuff. And like, I'm not ra- shaking random people's hands. Just be, be smart. You know, I don't know. How about you? I mean, same. Yeah. I'm just, are you worried? I guess is the, the real question. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I I mean, like, I was also fairly lucky. I didn't catch swine flu. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) You know what I mean? I didn't get mad cow. (laughs) Didn't get SARS. So, like, I've been pretty, I've been pretty blessed, knock on wood, in that respect. Yes. So, yeah. 
stay vigilant out there, listeners. For sure. Um, okay, so from coronavirus, which is, you know, terrorizing us, uh, to another thing that is terrorizing us, Donald Trump. No, I'm joking. Smooth transition. <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, last week, was, so we weren't here last week, and last week was like some major news happened, which was, you know, the impeachment trial was to be uh, uh, had like they, they they had reached an agreement. It was the articles of impeachment were sent to the Senate, and now we're here and it's happening. Uh, and while we record, it's currently day two of this happening. Um, and so we can do like a quick. I don't want to spend too much time and go too in the weeds of this because it's still ongoing. Uh, but we can give a quick recap, which is last week the articles were sent, and um, th- today, like yesterday, they had the first sort of debate on the rules of the trial and there, the way it's set up is that both sides of the, so the prosecutors and the defendants, they both have um, what are being called house managers, the house of the Senate, their house managers. Adam Schiff is currently the lead impeachment manager. And that's just the role he's sort of been given uh, due to his uh, role in the impeachment inquiry and the impeachment uh, article writing, um, and so they're they're the people who are hashing it out with Mitch McConnell, who of course is heading up the Republican Party, and they have went back and forth for a long while, and they finally agreed that they're going to have three days each. So each uh, uh, party is going to have three days to make their argument. So they actually technically have twenty four hours, but split between three days. So right now, currently day two is day one of the Democrats giving their um, impeachment uh, uh, opening statements. And their three uh, days have started now for them. And then presumably this weekend, depending how things go, and if there's not a break or anything, the Republicans will start their arguments and their defense of Donald Trump. Uh, So far, not a lot of things have changed. Uh, the three-day thing is a good thing because Mitch McConnell had originally wanted just two days. Uh, so that was a concession that Mitch McConnell uh, uh, did. So Democrats sort of feel that, you know, maybe there is some pull and give. However, the main thing, the big thing that everyone's talking about, uh, the possibility to call on witnesses has not been decided yet. So that, as of right now, when we're recording on Thursday, uh, um, uh, uh, February 23rd, or January 23rd, there has not been a decision made on that. By the time you hear this podcast, there may have been a decision made on that, and that will be very consequential for this impeachment trial. Um, And that's really where things stand right now. There have been some stuff like Lev Parnas had come out, and he had uh, pretty much said that, you know, Donald Trump was heavily involved in this. So new evidence is out there in the world. How Republicans handle that. We are currently unsure. Right now, it seems Man. like they're ignoring it completely. I'm not going to lie to you. Things have been so crazy that I totally forgot about Parnas. Like, oh, I know yeah. it's like, it was basically like, I'm just going to throw a grenade in yes. this whole shit. Yes. Because <laughs> so, he was basically like, I didn't do anything without yes. Donald Trump knowing. And I know you, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's like, I don't know that man. And he's like, oh, you know me. And here's pictures of me. And here's where we hung out. And this is what we did on this day. And yeah. here's the receipts. He came with receipts, which was... Love Artist was straight out here. Highly hilarious. <laughs> trying to cover his ass. He's yes. like... Fuck this. I ain't going down for this. 
so funny. <laughs> but so that's so that's sort of. I mean, a, he was he was pretty point blank too. He went yes. on like morning news. He was, like, I was like, heavily involved with Rudy Giuliani. Like, they knew everything why, I was doing. Why else would I be in contact yes. with the Ukrainian government? Why else would I be yes. talking to Donald Trump? It makes yes. no sense. Like, of course I was involved. Of course Donald right. Trump directed me to do this. I was. I remember listening to that interview and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, for real. This is just like. Bomb, 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 bomb. Yes. So, okay. So that's where that's where the interesting thing is happening with his impeachment trial because, in the court of public, in the court of the public, we have this like quote unquote alleged evidence. You know, we have pictures. It's whatever. We have this evidence. We have these bombshell things happening. Yet, however, on the Senate floor, Republicans are refusing to allow new evidence, and it's so funny because their biggest thing that they keep saying is like going uh, against the Democrats is saying, where's the new evidence? And it's like, well, you guys are the ones who allow it and you are, you are not allowing new evidence. So it is just like mind boggling the mental gymnastics that Republicans are going through this impeachment trial. Um, so yeah, that's where they stand right now. Of course, it's still so early. So many things could change. We're going to keep our eye on this. However, uh, it's almost a foregone conclusion that Donald J. Trump will not be removed from office. It's seeming very clear that Republicans are not going to play along and that they're not going to be fair at all. Um, but, you know, it, it almost doesn't even matter because the Democrats just want to make sure it's on record. It is historic and it is known that Republicans allowed a president to abuse his power and get away with this. Um, and that's seeming what seemingly what's going to happen and how that affects our election coming up. I'm not sure. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but things are, you know, heating up over on the Democratic side. There's, there's infighting. People are arguing. There's there's a lot going on. And uh, yeah. I mean, our political system been a mess for a while, but it's a hella mess now because we got the Internet. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And I think it like it's a good thing. Ulti- I think overall, yes. ultimately, it's a good thing. But yes, um, things are a mess. Things are a mess. I highly recommend that if you can, when you can, to listen into the impeachment trial. Go to NPR. Check it out. Um, it's, you know, a lot of stuff that we already know. But it is, you know, historic and eye opening when you hear uh, the arguments the Democrats are making and how they are weaving their um their their sort of prosecution against Donald Trump. Um, And Donald Trump himself has been very pleased with how it's been going because he feels that Republicans are doing a good job of ignoring the Democrats. But that's like, that's such a wild thing to me that he feels like it's going good, even though we're hearing all the terrible things that he's doing and that he's done and the pressure that he put on Ukraine. That's wild stuff to me. That's wild stuff to me. Um, So anyways, we will keep our eye on that by the time. So by the time our next episode comes out, we may do like an emergency episode. Uh, but by the time our next episode comes out, we are mo- more than likely going to know the outcome. It's going to be very historic. Uh, so this is all sort of like pre yeah. pre stuff. I um, mean, he ain't going to get removed. Yes. That's seemingly what's going to happen, but it's still, it's still an important thing to happen in how, oh, absolutely. how the country reacts to that. I think it's going to be very eye-opening. Um, I wonder if, you know, uh, protests will come up. I wonder if, um, you know, uh, major movements will happen. I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but speaking of that and this sort of heightened sense 
of doom out there in the world. A uh, big story today uh, I thought we could sort of use to uh, highlight something that we've periodically talked about on this show and that most people have heard about but may not necessarily not know a lot about, and that is the Doomsday Clock. So today, uh, the Doomsday Clock was moved to its closest to midnight it's ever been, so 100 seconds to midnight. Uh, so real quick, what is the Doomsday Clock and what does it mean to be close to midnight? Uh, so dooms the Doomsday Clock is this sort of metaphor uh, that is agreed upon by, um, you know, uh, the, the, the scientific community as a whole. Uh, but it, it sort of means, mi so midnight is a total annihilation uh, or a major catastrophe, man-made catastrophe uh, that is global. Uh, originally, when the Doomsday Clock was conceived in 1947, it was due to a nuclear war. And it was midnight was, you know, total nuclear annihilation. Now, of course, nuclear war is still, you know, a threat out there. But there's so many more things now that uh, have pushed the clock. Cough, cough, climate change. Yes, cough, cough. exactly. Uh, and, and those are all man-made uh, things. So, you, you know, the doomsday clock is so interesting because it's sort of um, so periodically throughout the years since 1947 it has gone up and down it is not your typical normal clock so it can go back um and this is just what's sort of astounding here is that it's the closest it's ever been and for the longest time it was always two two minutes uh, uh before midnight and there's like that's like the common phrase two minutes before midnight but now we're above two like we're beyond two minutes we're actually a minute and 40 seconds to midnight um, and the reasoning for that, they always give a reason. Every time the clock is moved, they give a reason. So the reason this year, let me pull it up. I have it right here. It is... The coronavirus. The, no. <laughs> uh, the failure of world leaders to deal with increasingly likely threats of nuclear war, such as the end of the um, Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty between the United States and Russia, as well as increased tensions between U.S. and Iran, and the continued inability to com combat co climate change. This is the clock's closest approach to midnight, exceeding that of 1953 and 2018. Um, and 2018's, uh, just for a reminder, uh, was actually Donald Trump. Donald Trump had moved it because of his reckless language. And that was one of the first times that the doomsday clock ever moved due to a uh, leader's um, rhetoric, which is so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Donald Trump is deeply connected to the doomsday clock. And it seems very clear that, um, the people who, uh, uh, organize and run the doomsday clock, um, are keeping an eye on him. So, uh, still nuclear war, but now with the added fun of climate change. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, and then, you know, it's like whenever we, Whenever you meet up with friends now, it's like, man, the world's on literally on fire. You know, Australia's on fire, climate change, uh, nuclear war, war in Iran, World War Three. And it's sort of been this like running joke that every year it just keeps getting worse and worse. And the doomsday clock sort of serves as this like actual thing that showcases, uh, you know, wh where we're at. Um, so it it's alarming. It's it's definitely very alarming uh how do you feel when you see you know the doomsday clock move forward the closest it's ever been 
do you feel like we're that much closer or do you feel like it's just a dumb clock that really has no bearing and that things could change? Um, by the way, fun fact, the furthest away it's ever been was 17 minutes back in 1991 at the end of the Cold War. Hmm. Yes. So it can go back dramatically. It can go back dramatically. Um, I mean, I feel like in my life, there is always an undercurrent of anxiety just based on the state of the world. Right. And like, I think that's just, you know, if you're an individual who chooses to be politically informed and engaged and you decide that maybe I'm going to care about climate change and I'm going to try to like rectify the things I'm seeing and just, you know, if you are that type of person, you will always have that undercurrent of anxiety, even when you're living just your daily life. <laughs> um, yep. So this doesn't surprise me. It's like, I feel like because I'm constantly freaked out about the world ending, it's just like, okay, well, yep. Yep. I, I am justified to be freaked out about the world ending. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't feel good. It does not feel good when the doomsday clock moves closer. Um, it to me it sort of it sort of represents like the idiocy of humanity because we know like it sh- it sh- isn't it so interesting that we know we're close to annihilating ourselves yet we keep we keep pushing the clock forward like we know we have this thing that represents how close we are and we keep pushing forward like what is wrong with us? Like why can't we get it together? Uh, and it's it's upsetting. Just today there was like this thing that Steve Mnuchin was like dissing Greta Thunberg because she didn't hasn't gone to college yet. I'm like she's a 16 year old girl. Like what is this even th- like? What is happening in this world where we just refuse to acknowledge climate change and decide to attack a 16 year old girl instead? Like what in the world? Like it makes no sense. A grown man coming for a 16-year-old person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not a good look. Not a good look. And it's like, that's why the doomsday clock keeps moving forward. Because we're dumb. Grown-ass man. We're dumb. Like, look at your life. It's upsetting. Look at your choices. It's upsetting. Um, You know, fingers crossed, uh, we push the clock back, and hopefully that happens with uh, the, the defeat of Donald Trump in 2020. Here, here. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's definitely something that will come back again. Uh, usually the clock doesn't move too often year by year, but it's been a very historic and crazy time. So, uh, you know, it, it moved within the last two years, and, and that's, you know, alarming. So most likely we will see another change, hopefully, fingers crossed, for the better. Uh, coming later in 2020, but we'll see. Um, but we didn't want to end on a sad note, uh, so we're going to do a movie review. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, so we're going to do a movie review on a movie that has sort of a, I'm not sure, it's kind of a limited release in the United States currently. Currently, yeah. Um, but it's going to be growing. So um, I'm going to let Olivia sort of take the lead here, but spoiler warning so if you've not seen this movie uh you're gonna want to you know skip this part and we'll talk to you uh in a week or two but for now let's get into it all right so the movie that we are going to be reviewing is called weathering for you yes it's a japanese movie um that came out last year in japan but it is just now having its u.s release yes 
Um, it's about a boy who runs away to Tokyo and befriends a girl who appears to have the power to control the weather. Ooh, okay, okay. It is a Makoto Shinkai film, so if you've watched Your Name, mm-hmm. Garden of Words, Five Centimeters Per Second, you yeah. know who this man is. Yes, if it's you, a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. He is probably one of the hottest animation directors just like, period globally your name in 2016 was a huge hit um worldwide and i'm and weathering with you is not far behind well and and your name was the the highest grossing anime ever like animated ever ever which is insane ever um so Edgar and I went to go watch this Monday night. Yes, I texted <laughs> I texted him, I think, a few hours before okay. being like, do you want to go see this movie with me tonight? And he was like, yeah, sure. He walked in knowing nothing. Okay, yes. He didn't know the director. Can I he hadn't confess? seen your name. Oh, well, you got to put me on front of Okay, let me <laughs> confess. Okay, can I just make a confession? So shout out to former co-host of the podcast, Stanley. Stan. Uh, who pleaded with me to watch this movie. And I love Stan. Uh, but it's almost like maybe subconsciously I just hadn't seen this movie because he wanted me to see it so bad. I'm like, I'll get to it. Like, I'll get to it. Uh, but he wanted me to see your name, and he absolutely adored that movie. He loved that movie. Which uh, Stan and I both love, 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 did, love, 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 love that movie. Uh, mutual friends love this movie. Everyone loved this movie. A lot of people love this movie. Uh, it, it, I just missed the boat. I really don't know why because that's like that's the kind of stuff I like anyway. So I really don't know why I missed that boat, but I did. And I think part of it was because for a period of time it was on Amazon Prime for free. Um, and I just like assumed I would get to it eventually. Uh, turns out it's no longer for free on Amazon Prime. I had to you rent had to pay it. for it. I had to pay for it. Well worth it. Let me tell you right now. Well <laughs> worth it. Uh, but so I had no idea. So I watch Weathering with you without seeing your name. I walk in knowing nothing. Olivia's like, you want to go to the movies? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like whatever. And I go and I'm like, yo, Olivia, before we go walk in, I just got to tell you, I have no idea what this is about. Like I have zero idea. And I, I was totally transformed. I loved it. What a beautiful experience. Also, I feel like the experience was enhanced because one of the people in our row or in one of the rows next to us. Shout out to this random dude. Shout out to this random guy. (laughs) So into this movie. movie. Like just so expressive and just so funny yes um there were multiple callbacks to your name in the movie and like the yes. whole theater would gas you'd be like oh shit which by the way i had no idea so i was just like what's what's going on <laughs> like why is everyone freaking out um uh, and that, that guy was, was like oh it's the guy from your name and yeah, at yeah. the end um during the credits mans was like best director in japan best, best director yeah. ever and so he was great so that that helped so the experience funny. yes um but Shinkai's anime, he's known for this photorealistic animation. Yes. So it's a yes. mix of like your traditional 2D anime with like a lot of photorealistic sequences. Yes. And it's gorgeous. Dude loves rain. Yes, he does. Rain is his favorite thing to animate. And, and this it, whole movie's about rain. And so. this whole movie's about rain. <laughs> it's about like a Tokyo summer yeah. and it's just, it just keeps raining. Um, and he's, and I understand why, because 
it's beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's one of the most beautifully animated films I've ever seen or experienced. And that's like, it's a, it's like a photorealistic style that I've seen in anime be a trend before, but not quite like this. Like the way it's animated here makes perfect sense. And it just fits so well with the story. And he doesn't overdo it. He, exactly. It, it's not it not it's not there for the sake of being there. Exactly. It's there for like a purpose. Yes. Yes. Um and like it's it's interesting because you know be being film students you often hear like the city is a character mm-hmm. and or the setting is a character. And in this movie Tokyo is definitely a character. Love letter for to sure. Tokyo for sure. Super love letter to Tokyo, but also the weather is a character, yeah. which is so wild it's so interesting it's so interesting there and there's you know i've only seen two of his movies uh so after i saw this movie that literally the next day i I rented your name i had to see it because i was just so blown away by weathering uh uh, Edgar literally texted me. He was like, I'm mad at myself. Yes, How did it, I miss this? I, I, am, I truly played am. myself. I played. Congratulations. You <laughs> played yourself. That was me. Uh, but I'm so glad that you, you that uh, you invited me to go to watch this movie because it's like transform my life. Yeah. Like I that's all I can think about right now. But uh, but back and, to weathering for you. Yeah. Weathering. And like, here's the thing about Shinkai scripts generally. They're known for being a having this beautiful photorealistic animation and b being like emotional. Yeah. But I think like I always forget how fucking funny. Oh. The these movies are like they're, they're hilarious. Bo- like both your name your name is a very emotional movie, right. just like gut wrenching yeah. yes. heart like heart pounding emotion yep. but it is also really really funny <laughs> yes it's hilarious and the it's same hilarious. thing with weathering for you super hilarious like from the jump there's a running joke about tokyo being scary when like the main character encounters like all of these weird things yes. um it's it, there there's just so much character and heart in this movie it's uh, so it's what, so good, you know. And I'm like a total newbie to to him and to his films, and I've only I've only seen two. But already, what I can sort of sense and tell is that the, his storytelling is so um, it's so unique because, in a way, it is very nostalgic, and you can tell he's a very nostalgic person, uh, but without being overly sappy and and, and with delivering true justice to the characters and you know and you look at a movie like weathering with you this movie is much simpler than um uh, your name definitely so if you you know if you're expecting a your name level like complex crazy story with twists and turns it's not really that although there is some here but it's yeah it's much more straightforward um but the emotion works mm-hmm. in a very similar way yeah, I mean, while weathering does take a similar approach, I think if you're a person who is a Japanese and b like into Japanese folklore and right. history, you will get a lot out of this movie because sure. there's a lot of callbacks to that. There's yeah. a lot of just like little charms, and there's like a sequence with like the story talking about, yes. you know, how people tackled weather in cities back in the day hundreds of years ago so it's like a really it's uh, it's It's just just so beautiful and honestly your name and weathering with you are probably the funniest of shinkai scripts like i'm just remembering back to all the other stuff of his i've watched and they're all i've watched 
five centimeters per second and garden of words both of them are like way more dramatic yes and i i actually you know doing a lot of research now and looking into this a lot of people actually prefer those movies than these because they feel like these movies are much more um you know, like romantic and beautiful, whereas those movies are much more like dramatic and intense. They are. And those... I, I don't know because I haven't seen them yet, but I'm, I'm interested in seeing that difference in style. Yeah, I won't spoil much for you, but it like the other ones lean much more into the heavier emotions yeah. than these do. The Like Your Name and Weathering With You definitely lean into heavy emotions, like especially Your Name. There's like a lot of heavy shit in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For but... Sure. Um, by the way, if five centimeters in Garden of Words take it all the way. I still have yet to see um, Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Oh my god, these um, titles! Oh my some, god, <laughs> uh, Voices of a Distant Star. Some of those like other shorter things right. that he's made, um, but all of his feature stuff has been like really right. just. Right. beautiful and fantastic the, the music was really interesting too because i was sort of music not, by rad wimps was which not, is a great name i was not expecting it when like when i went to the movie i was not expecting that and it sort of ties it more like closely to you know japanese anime tv culture yes which uses a lot of that uh but i thought it was so interesting in the way that it was done and to showcase like the passing of time and montage um very fascinating style uh, done here because to me it sort of did feel like this melding of this like feature film with tv anime but it didn't necessarily like degrade or downgrade the feature filmness of it if that makes sense like it if it only enhanced it uh, which i thought was so interesting um, that is it, a really good point that like the music montages right. and the like Japanese pop at like right. really dramatic moments. Right. It, that it that does feel very like anime TV. It's almost like a soap opera, but it's done so well. And with, with weathering for you, it's like I I was almost like thinking in my head, I'm like, is this too like to me in middle school having this like fantasy about falling in love and going through all these hardships and blah blah blah? Like, is it too cheesy? Is it too corny? And it can, if I'm being honest, it does verge on it. Like it, yeah. It scratches there, there that was line. one. There was one scene in particular where I was like, hmm, mm, like, ooh. It, and it, it is like it is the that scene is the climax. Yes, it put it pushes it, but I think it's a it's a very Japanese thing. That's yeah. I'm sort of coming at it with a very American sort of point of view. It's true. So I, I sort of had to take take my sort of point of view back and be like, okay, you know, in a wild, in a, in a worldwide sort of sense, like how does this resonate and how does this feel? But overall, it never crossed the line for me. It did just sort of touch it though, but it never, it qu- never quite crossed it. It, it grazed it. it. And everything else makes up for it. Um, I think the, the what's really interesting about this story in particular, especially now that I've seen your name, uh, is the idea of consequences. And both movies yes. deal r- really well with consequences, but this one in particular, even more so than your name, uh, it deals with the consequences. So if you've not seen the movie for real and you've been listening to this, super spoiler alert, because we're about to talk about the ending. Uh, but the ending of the movie has a pretty like intense consequence. The, the, char- the characters make a choice that changes, literally changes the world. And in a typical like Western movie, the choice would be reversed, and that is not the choice that is taken here. And in it, uh, 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 you know, the, the the main character chooses to save 
the um the, uh, the 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 other character but by choosing to save the other character it pretty much dooms tokyo and that's like a hardcore thing whereas in a western movie there would be a sacrifice to sacrifice save. of the inv- individual to save the many and, and, but it is very interesting because that comes from a culture that is I that know. isn't individualistic exactly. it's exactly it's more of like you do things for the collective. You're part right. of the collective that right. is very common throughout most Asian countries. Right. Like, especially Japan, but yes, especially Japan. But like the same thing applies in Southeast Asia. The same thing applies right. in the Indian subcontinent, like all right. of that. So it is very interesting that this movie takes a very like yes. individualistic approach. It's almost like a rebuff like a of the culture. It's like no, it's like a counter argument to their to that culture. Yeah. It's so interesting. It was not the choice that I expected. And we actually we ran into a friend who was there at the same time. We didn't even know that he was there, but he made the point like that's kind of a crazy point to take, especially with the way the world is right now. And so that's the other sort of big part of this movie. The movie has a lot to do with climate change. And that's yes. actually one of the big inspirations for the movie. However, it doesn't necessarily say something about climate change. It's just sort of like the background. And I read interviews with the director and he was talking about how he wasn't necessarily trying to make a point about climate change. He just wanted it to be uh, an inspiration for the story and how you sort of take the ending is sort of how, how you interpret the ending can, I guess, differ for each individual yeah. person. I think that's interesting because that takes me back to um, if you haven't watched Grave of the Fireflies by Takahata. If you watch, I love that movie. I will never watch that movie ever again in my <laughs> life. It's one of those movies. It's, it's the saddest movie I've ever it's seen. It's a beautiful movie, but it is like heartbreaking. Holy moly. But in interviews, when Takahata was like, when he's ever, whenever he talks about Grave of Fireflies, yeah. he's like, I was not setting out to make an anti-war movie. Right. That's just not what he was trying to do. He was just trying to tell the story right. of these kids and have that historical setting be the inspiration. Right. So it kind of, for it's me, it is very similar. He like echoes that. He's like, I wasn't trying to make an anti-war film, but like a lot, a lot of people interpret and use it as like right. an anti-war sort of messaging. Right. Um, so it's kind of the same thing here, which is very interesting. Like, it's a very interesting point of view where it's just like, I was just trying to use it as inspiration for the story and like the place and time that we're in. And right. it makes sense. Um, Shinkai's movies are very much about the modern world. Right. It, they're about right now. Right. Um, it, so one ca- one character in the movie towards the end says something about, you know, th- they have a line saying, you know, Tokyo used to be underwater. And now it is. And it's sort of like the attitude. It's just returning to the way that it was. And it, to me, I so the way I read it, and I'm sure people may have read it differently, but to me, the way I read it, it's like, it almost doesn't matter what we do, even if we're like destroying the world, because we're gonna, when we're gone, the world will continue. The world will continue without yeah. us. It will fix itself. And it will figure like. Yeah, exactly. Nature adapts, humans right. won't. That's we like won't. the whole thing, exactly. you know? And that's how I sort of read the ending of the movie. Even though there is this very, like, quote-unquote, selfish decision made, um, it's almost like that's besides the point, you know? That's besides the point. Nature will move on without you. Because nature in his movies is definitely its own character. 
And, you know, if you're sort of looking at these movies as interconnected, your name and weathering with you, which there's which confirm that they live yes. in the same. It's like it's the, like the same, same shared universe. universe. Um, and the movie right before them, uh, the gar- what is it called? Gar- Garden of Words. Garden of Words also connects, apparently. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently it also connects to your which name. Which you can see Garden of Words for free on YouTube. Yes, which I will, by the I will soon, by the way. Um, so that very fascinating. I highly, if you've not seen this movie and you listen to this review, what's wrong with you, number one? But I highly recommend you go see it. Check this movie out. Uh, it's something special. It's definitely not your name. And I think... Um, I came at it never seeing your name, so I got to enjoy it as its own thing. And I know a lot of people are comparing it to your name. So I kind of got to do it the inverse way. And I kind of feel a little blessed because I feel like some people aren't necessarily like saying it's not good, but they're sort of comparing it to your name, which yeah. just has a different. I just think it's. How di- yeah. How do you take that? I mean. How do you follow up your name? Like, that's. Yeah, the crazy it's, it's a hard movie to follow yeah, up, that, like, frankly speaking. His and- masterpiece. Yeah, but like, you know, you're, it's not going to be like a hundred every time. Like if you think about any of the great directors, all of them have had, like, they might have this repertoire of like amazing films, but some of them are just going to be better than others. Yeah. And I think your name isn't trying or... Weathering with you isn't trying to be your name. It's not. Like there are It almost it's purposefully feels it, smaller. It, even though there's a global thing that happens at the end. Yeah. I mean it like the scope of it is definitely smaller. And for a majority of the movie, they're focusing on like these three characters that are just like trying to make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that that's and the living story. Their life, eating ramen. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like so there's cute. a there's a super yeah. there's like a magical realism element because there is this like s- right. supernatural force, but that never gets explained, by the way, and that's not the point. For of the, the movie. most part, yeah. I mean, it kind of gets explained. a little, a little bit, a little bit, but like the creatures and all the stuff, like there's no like deep science behind it because they're not supposed yeah. to. Yeah, it's more like if I feel like if you're if you know Japanese folklore oh, really well, I, probably, you'll get a probably, lot out of it. Yeah, probably. Um, you're right. Now I have to. Now I've got to look up yeah. the weather maiden stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think. You know, it wasn't trying to be your name. There was like your I feel like your name built up to like that cataclysmic event in like yep. a very natural progression. Like you kept learning more and more right. and it kept the stakes right. kept right. getting higher and higher. Whereas with weathering with you, it was just like boom. Boom. It yep. like stakes. Yes. Boom. It's happening. Yes. yes. Um And I just love the characters for different reasons. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I think the movie the movie is more about charm mm-hmm. than it is about sort of like catastrophe or sequence of events and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. In the end it all does lead back to like this consequences for action right. sort of you know, ending. Right. But ultimately it's just like these people who feel emotions, who are trying to get, who are like literally just trying to get by. It's like, right. we're poor and we yes. have no support system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, this is what and we're, we're going to yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. so I think, you know, I, and I love magical realism. Mm-hmm. So I, I love this movie for that. I think it's beautifully animated. It has a lot of charm. Mm-hmm. Like I loved this movie for me. Like, 
for me, you can compare it to your name. And I think that's like a valid thing. But I think if that is like what you're solely focusing on. I feel bad for you. Then, I'm going to just say it. Then then you are, then of course you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you, should, you shouldn't you should enter. I never. I totally en- agree. You know, but that's just like my philosophy to movies. Right. Like I never enter with an expectation. That, and that's kind of a crazy thing to put on someone that every project they make has to be significantly better than their other one. Like yeah. that's a weird thing to me because after a certain, there's different like, facets. It can happen. Yeah. I actually just watched here on Netflix and they talk about the same thing where it's mm. just like every year it gets crazier and crazier and you have to top yourself every right. single year. And I'm right. like, that's how you get, but do you though? Three girls who have a concussion at one. There was an episode where three yeah. of the girls had a concussion at once. That's not on good. the team. That's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, I think it's a great follow up. Of course I watched it in reverse which i'm sure helped a lot um and, i but, also think it's a but don't great get me wrong I, I also agree that your name is like a masterpiece like when i watch your name and think about your name to me that is a masterpiece film do i think weathering for you is necessarily a masterpiece film not necessarily however i highly enjoyed it and in many ways i enjoyed it more than your name because it's not as like the it's not as a uh, deep a thinker number one but it's more of a like you're focusing on these characters and their little story. Like it's, I'm pretty much repeating everything you're saying, but that's what made it so special and so touching to me. Um, And it was just sweet. Like it's just a sweet story. I think it's supposed to be just like exactly what you said. It's a cute story. Let it, you know, like that ultimately leads to something dramatic, but like for the most part, sometimes you just want a cute story. Yeah. Like, come on people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't get better than this. Like I it think. was like at the end of the day, take it for what it is. It's a beautiful, charming movie. Yeah. Like your name was a masterpiece, but that doesn't make this any exactly. less of a, you know, exactly less of a great exactly. movie. I loved it. I highly recommend everyone sees it. Um, I mean, that's just honestly, I'm just blown away. I was not expecting that. And thank you, Olivia, for bringing me to this world. Finally, uh, it took, I dragged my feet and I don't know why I'm kicking myself, uh, because it's just so special. So better late than never. Better late than never. Don't be like me. This is a, a, a lesson learned. Don't be like me. Go, uh, watch these movies and enjoy them because they are absolutely amazing. And I cannot wait to see what he does next. Uh, and I also know he made video games too. Like he's done a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I'm he so, has. I'm so interested in, uh, reading a lot of that stuff. Um, and I think there's actually a manga connected to weathering, uh, with is. you mm-hmm. so that might be something that i check out too uh that sort of further elaborates on the story uh so just a whole lot of fun loved it everyone go check out that movie and yeah i think that is our episode for the week like i said uh things may get crazy next week with the impeachment stuff so stay tuned keep your eye on the feed not sure what we're gonna do but uh we we will definitely be back with something after <laughs> the impeachment uh but yeah that is our episode for the week and we will talk to you next time Bye.